You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's easy to kind of crap on the Chicago Bears right now and, and point out all the things they're not doing well and that's going wrong with the franchise. But let's let's take a, a different approach today and let's look at specifically where this team can get better coming off of a win over the Lions and trying to somehow stay in the hunt on those playoff graphics you see on the television. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Bears. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you're subscribed to the Locked on Bears YouTube channel as well to keep up with all of our video podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today and every day. We're here for you five days a week. And on the show today, we're, we're looking at through maybe more of a, not an optimistic lens, but we're just thinking growth mindset today, right? It's easy to it's easy to get down on this team and to point out all the things going wrong with them. And we've done plenty of that. And we're not going to pretend like this team doesn't have major, major, massive flaws that are clearly holding them back this season. And the results have spoken for themselves. But there are areas where they can get better. And I think there's a, a few things that stand out as a little more obvious. Other things a little bit more difficult to kind of piece together. But I think the theme we'll have today is about trying to find better ways to maximize the team's strengths because some of the weaknesses are just going to be a little bit difficult to truly hide. But if you can do the things you're good at a little bit better, maybe you can overcome. So we'll talk about what the Bears can do on both sides of the ball in the backfield with the quarterback, maybe with some of the bigger men up front. It's certainly defensively trying to find some answers for the injuries and some of the inconsistency they've had there, but maybe turning to some of the younger players that have played better as opposed to some of the other guys that maybe have struggled more than you'd like to see. But I think as I, as I look through this team's performances this season, look across the roster and try and figure out, okay, like where is where is something missing? Where is the, where is the, the untapped potential here? It, it, really, it really started to... to find a, a main obvious theme like I will say overall right it felt like this offense was was getting somewhere with Justin Fields right we, I think we heard Tony Romo talk about it a little bit in the Ravens game that like maybe it felt like they were close to turning a corner and, and maybe that was a little bit too optimistic and Tony kept referencing his conversation with Ryan Pace and maybe he's uh, got some some friendships there that put a little bit of a rose-colored or, or, I guess, blue and orange-colored goggles on for, for Romo in that broadcast. But regardless, right, there was offensive progress, and it felt like they were starting to get closer to some things, certainly against the Steelers, the, the comeback and all that, and, and Fields was a big part of that. Dalton certainly hasn't doesn't have the same, like, talent as Fields in terms of, like, the, the skill set, but he, he has a certain level of consistency, and he certainly hasn't been bad and passed for 300 yards last week against the Lions, right? There's There's reason to be able to continue some of that momentum as Dalton gets sort of readjusted to the starting lineup here, however long Fields is going to be out. But if I look at like where this Bears offense can improve or, or find find something that they haven't found yet, I, I really think it's in the running backs, right? Think about just generally that is where the strength and depth of your offense is and, and kind of your whole team right now. If you think about like the deepest strongest position at the top and also has you know depth down the roster with, with Montgomery Herbert and Damian Williams when he's available and then maybe eventually Tariq Cohen 
if he's ever able to come back from his ACL injury this season. But that the absence of Tariq Cohen, I think, has been particularly felt when you look at the passing game. Because I was running through the numbers just last night, and the Bears have the fewest receiving yards by running backs of any team in the NFL. And they have the fewest catches by running backs of any team in the NFL. David Montgomery has 12 catches for 103 yards. Khalil Herbert has nine catches for 44. Williams has 11 for 64. And Ryan Null also has one in there for four yards as well. The, the running backs just have not at all been a part of the Bears passing game. Certainly the passing game in general has struggled and has fallen behind. And that's part of why the team is last. But part of it is not having Tariq Cohen as a as a threat out of the backfield. But we know David Montgomery is, is a more than capable pass catcher. Khalil Herbert did it in college and has caught passes now in the NFL. It's not like either one of them has issues with like drops or they're not faster enough to get open, right? It's not a talent issue in the passing game. I think part of it's a scheme thing where they've gone to more play action and because the offensive line has hasn't been as consistent, they've had to give more blockers staying in to help the offensive line. And more often than not, that's been running backs, especially lately as the tight ends have gotten more involved in the passing game because they've been pass blocking less. And so there is this give and take of if you put Montgomery and Herbert out as receivers more, that is one fewer blocker to protect your quarterback. And so your offensive line has to, there's a give and take there with this offensive line where they have to play better so you can have fewer running backs into pass into catch passes. And it's also true that just throwing the ball to the running backs is not an instant formula for success. If you're checking it down to them for five for negative five yards in the backfield before they have to try and make a guy miss to gain one or two, that's not really productive offense. But it's about, you know, getting your running backs involved in the short to intermediate passing game beyond the line of scrimmage. You know, the little check down curls out of the backfield or maybe more vertical routes out of the backfield or ins and outs or double moves, a little Texas route, bend it outside, then break it to the inside, get those one-on-one matchups against linebackers in coverage. I will take that with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and, of course, Tariq Cohen all day long. And so I, I think there's a really clear area where you can get more out of your passing game by using your better players more and that that means getting back to the running game too I mean the running game was a big success for for fields when the offense was even though they were losing games at least when the offense was starting to score more points right the running game was a big part of the offensive consistency and controlling the ball and that was non-existent against the Lions they couldn't could not get the running game going so like I think if you can take 300 yard passing Dalton who is who is solid but not spectacular and then add in the running game back and getting running backs more involved in the passing game to threaten defense in different ways, so you're not just constantly sort of throwing the same curl routes downfield, right? There, I think there there is a path there, especially I think that that's sort of the low-hanging fruit I see is like, hey, you, you raved about it in the preseason, you raved about it all season long, the running backs have been not only the offensive identity, but really I think where the depth and talent is most concentrated on this Bears offense. So let's use them, all right? I mean, novel concept here, put the ball in the hands of your good players. I think the Bears need to do that more with these running backs. But I also think there's more they can do offensively to try and open things up a little bit more and score more points than they have the last couple of weeks against teams that they really should have scored more points on. We'll kind of look around the rest of the offense before we turn our attention to the defense later on. Next on Locked On Bears. The point spread for Bears Cardinals over at betonline.ag has the Bears 
underdogs by eight points at home. That line has shifted slightly from where it started down in the seven, seven and a half range and is slowly kind of going even further away from the Bears, but you can get a pretty good odds on the money line. You can get, I think, Bears plus 285, almost three times the money if you bet on the Bears to win straight up, and they do pull off that upset. Over under set at 45 points as well with our friends at Bet Online, the number one place we recommend for all of your sports action this season from basketball, football, college football, hockey, boxing, UFC, even. They have your favorite Vegas casino games online as well, so don't take wait to take advantage of all the different amazing offers they have. Sign up today for a free account and enter in our promo code Locked On, and they're going to give you a free 50% welcome bonus, giving you free extra money to play with and bet on at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Improving this Bears offense starts for me with the running backs. But I think as you start to look around a little bit more, you can find other ways they can or could get better. And this is all sort of, these are ideas. This is on paper, and execution is a very different thing. And, you know, Matt Nagy doesn't listen to the podcast as far as I know. I don't think he's going to take all these ideas and implement them. And they're not... You know, running backs is not equal to offensive success guaranteed, right? I mean, like, the Lions are among the leaders in passes to running backs because their wide receivers are so bad, right? They, because they don't have other options. So there's there's a middle ground here of, like, get the running backs more involved, but if you can only pass your running backs, then you also have a problem. And the Bears need to go from bottom of the league to more, like, middle of the pack kind of seems to be where the balance is, where you're getting the running backs involved and making the defense cover them and get those mismatches where you can, but then also having downfield passing and, and getting wide receivers and tight ends and, you know, a more balanced all-around offense. And so, like, I look for the Bears to, to do more of that, right? We saw Darnell Mooney break the 100-yard mark again last week against the Lions. Even though it didn't feel like pretty offense and certainly finishing drives in the red zone and getting points was more difficult than getting yards, but I think we can continue to see more improvement there. This Bears offense getting better as as Mooney continues to grow into this larger role. Cole Komet, back-to-back games or you know this, this sort of stretch before the bye week and coming out of it, like he's been a more involved part of this offense. He's making the, the more difficult catches. He's holding on to the ball through contact. He's getting open. He's not creating, like, yards of separation, but he's getting open enough. For, and maybe his quarterbacks are trusting him a little bit more, right? It's, it's all a lot of different dynamics that go into the tight end being more involved. But young players, second both second-year players growing and getting better even as it hasn't necessarily translated to the full offense just yet because so many other things are also going on around them now that you know Allen Robinson misses games with injuries. But I think with Mooney playing well and Komet playing better, right, add Robinson back into the mix, and maybe there's more opportunities there. You know, maybe the coverage is a little less focused on Robinson, or maybe he's got a little bit more space, or maybe the offense is figuring out some things concept-wise that, that he can potentially get a little bit more involved. And I just, I just feel like, especially with Robinson out, and now you know, Marquise Goodwin was hurt, or got hurt last week against the Lions, your wide receiver depth is is getting pretty thin. And so, again, I kind of come back to this idea of where where is the depth and the talent on your offense if, if it's not going to be at wide receiver? Because you got four tight ends right now, and all four have made decent plays. Excuse me, you got five tight ends if you count J.P. Holtz. As I think of him more as like a, a fullback special teamer, but he's you have you have four quality pass catching tight ends in in Komet, Jimmy Graham, Jesse James, and Jesper Horstead. 
we've seen Horstead make nice touchdown catches. Jesse James, touchdown catches, right? They, they haven't really been big parts of your offense. And again, like, the formula is not throw 10 times to Jesper Horstead. I mean, he's your number four tight end for a reason. It's not saying, like, hey, you're, you know, get all these end-of-the-bench players as many touches as possible, but it just doesn't feel like the Bears are necessarily utilizing their strengths. Like, the, the depth at tight end is a strength. And instead, we're seeing a lot of, you know, wide receiver off the practice squad, Isaiah Coulter and Jakeem Grant and Demir Bird, guys that just haven't been playing particularly well and, and haven't been, I mean, they're, they're just not guys that you consider strengths, right? They're, they're more like fill-in weaknesses, and we've, we kind of feel like tight end depth is a strength because they have experience there and they have skill sets there that can be valuable for your offense. Not that it solves all the problems, but you start to mix these things together, right? You get you get David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert the ball more on running back screens or, you know, Texas routes over the middle, check down type plays, but it may be even more like directed, like running back routes that can be built into the offense and not just check downs behind the line of scrimmage, but five, six, 10, 15 yards downfield. Then you get more athletic tight end like Jesper Horstead or even Jesse James in there and get some of those matchups that you like in addition to Cole Clement and Jimmy Graham. And you, you, you fold that in with a little bit more of the running backs. And then maybe you add Allen Robinson back into the mix a little bit more. And, and maybe some sort of combination of things can help this offense just find that little extra edge and be a little bit more consistent because it just doesn't seem like what they've been trying has been working well enough. And it's just like, I, I'm just, I'm ready to kind of just Try something, anything new, right? New passing concepts. If, if the current ones aren't working as much as you want them to make them work and you feel like you keep trying them, maybe they'll work. How about you try something different? You know, the way we did, or the way we saw them do last season with, with Mitch Trubisky when out of the bye week, they switched up the whole offense and it wasn't, you know, it worked. And maybe they're not in the same type of position to do that with Matt matching up quarterback with scheme. It's not quite the same comparison with, you know, Dalton doesn't need to switch offensive schemes necessarily in the same way that Trubisky did. But, you know, we, we heard Matt Nagy say a lot this season in, in, in years past, like doing running concepts that the quarterback likes. You know, we know Bill Lazor knows what Andy Dalton likes from Cincinnati and trying to do those things. Well, if, if, if those things aren't working, then maybe we need to do some things that, that Dalton doesn't like, right? I mean, maybe just because the quarterback might prefer a scheme or, or a concept or whatever, Sure, that that's good if it works, but if it's not working, then maybe it's time to not do do what you don't like. Maybe what you don't like might be good for you. It might be it might challenge you or stretch you or grow you in a different way to kind of help the offense go. Right? There's there's a, a it's a double edged sword. You know, do do what's easy and comes natural to him. So he might he might be more inclined to make the right reads and the right decisions. But well, that hasn't necessarily produced points yet. So maybe going at it a different way could could lead to miscommunications. I mean, I don't know. It could lead to more difficult you know, reads and maybe more mistakes from Dalton. I mean, we don't know. Or it could it could open some things up in ways that maybe he didn't realize that you kind of don't know what you don't know with some of those things, and maybe he, you get a little too comfortable with what you do know. It, it's kind of spitballing, but it's like try something because the offense just has not, after a five-game losing streak and barely beating the Lions, you have not been able to fully consistently enough put up points. Or you were starting to with Justin Fields, but you're not doing it now with Dalton, and, and it's not going to get easier against the Cardinals or the Packers. So, Having that sort of sense of urgency here with the playoffs getting closer and closer to out of reach and some really real teams on the schedule here, really contending NFC opponents over the last the next two weeks, it's time to it's time to try something new, certainly on offense. And I think defensively with some really good offenses now you're about to face, the Bears defense has to I mean, has to try something, right? I mean they, they just ha it's been a little bit too easy against bad offenses, and it, 
it leaves us a little concerned about how easy it's going to be against good offenses the next couple of weeks. We'll try and find some ways this Bears offense, or this Bears defense, excuse me, can maybe start to get better or things they can try or where we can look for optimism at the very least next on Locked On Bears. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the reason we call it the world's best tasting protein bar because it's honestly better than a candy bar. Built Bars taste sweet and delicious like candy bars. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and each one is covered in 100% real chocolate. But unlike you know the sweets at the, at the checkout line at the grocery store, every Built Bar is low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. And it comes in a bunch of different delicious flavors. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I've got coconut brownie chunk in my cupboard right now. It is my favorite flavor of Built Bar. You can't go wrong with any of them, but I promise you will find at least one, if not many, that you love. And you won't find a product on the market anywhere like this that tastes this good and is this good for you. Head on over to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. And spoiler alert, you can use that promo code more than once when you reorder too. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's easier for me personally to look at this Bears offense and find ways to make it better or where they can find improvement or things to try to do differently. And maybe that's, maybe that's a personal knowledge bias. I mean, I just think I, I feel like personally I have a better grasp of offensive football than defense. Like offense comes a little bit easier to me than high level defensive scheme and, and coverage schemes and those kind of breakdowns. Like, I mean, like I, I, I understand, I mean, I can read coverages, but like defense is just a little bit more difficult for me than offense. So, and I think it's harder to just like, scheme away talent deficiencies on defense because in so many in so many ways you rely on all 11 players to do their job whereas on offense you know if you have a wide receiver run a bad route if he's not the one you're throwing to you know you can get a, I think you can hide you can hide deficiencies on offense a little bit more than you can hide deficiencies on defense and that's maybe maybe I'm wrong but that's sort of the feeling I get about defense and so like when you look at this bare secondary right you bench Kendall Vildor you put Artie Burns out there neither one is good and you don't I mean, unless you sign an outside free agent late in the season like this, no guarantee that they're going to be better either. You, you think there's not really a good option there. And you can't just always put a safety over top of every route and every receiver that that weak cornerback spot is going to cover, especially because, you know, you're definitely very limited with the slot cornerback position as well. They've been rotating all sorts of guys there the last couple of weeks. And then you know, now you've got, Roquan Smith potentially missing time, and you're definitely going to have some, and of course Danny Trevathan too, so you're definitely going to be weak at linebacker and going to need coverage help there. So like right, the safety, and the safeties haven't been great either, right? So you can't just, you can't just hide. It, it Maybe it's easier to hide one bad spot on defense, but when you've got two or three on the back end in coverage, there's not just a, a way to do that, or you can't just call certain schemes to to make it work because then quarterbacks can read that too easily. You become too predictable because it's obvious where your weakness is and it's obvious how, how you're trying to protect that weakness. And so I, I don't, there's no low hanging fruit, like running back position on offense where you can look and say, Oh, well they, they could try this and this and this because they just clearly aren't doing much of that offensively defensively. There's like a few things here and there, but it's not, it, it, there's no, there's no magic bullet or obvious solution that, that comes right away to mind for me. Like, you know, like I think I look back at, at the same idea of like, okay, 
get your best players on the field and maximize some of those strengths if you can't maximize your weaknesses. And, like, I noticed against the Lions, all of a sudden DeAndre Houston Carson played, like, four snaps. I mean, he started the week before for, for Eddie Jackson. He played, like, 80, 90 snaps in that game, and he's been one of the more consistent defensive backs for the team, whether it's in the three-safety role or in the starting lineup. Like, every game he's played, he's stepped in and been at least consistent and more consistent than some of the other guys, and not that – oh, well, playing DeAndre Houston Carson is not going to fix this Bears defense, but it just feels like if he's playing well, why isn't he out there on the field somewhere? I mean, I guess you know you don't want to bench Eddie Jackson necessarily. You don't want to bench Tashawn Gibson necessarily. Can you get him in more three safety looks? Can you can you get Eddie Jackson you know, back closer to the line of scrimmage? They were doing some different hybrid roles with him earlier this season where like he was playing, he was blitzing a little bit more and kind of playing up. And I know like none of the roles seem to have worked for Eddie Jackson necessarily. They haven't been able to unlock him at this point. And I, and I kind of feel like that's a similar conversation as we talked about with the offensive scheme and Andy Dalton where it's like, what can you try? Is there anything different we can try with Eddie Jackson to get him going? Because he hasn't gotten his hands on any passes this season. He has, has doesn't have interceptions. His pass breakups have just been completely lacking at this stage. I, I still hasn't registered one now in the nine games he's played. He's not gotten his hands on a pass, a broken up a pass. He's not playing that same sort of like confident, aggressive Eddie Jackson playmaking that we're used to. And so I, I, can, is there anything different they could try? Like I can't you, – you can't, do you call more cover two? Do you call more cover four? I mean, it, it's all about this mixture of – which coverages you're going to call, I guess, but there's no there's no perfect formula. Like Eddie Jackson needs exactly this many cover ones and this many cover threes, and you know it's there's I just try something different. Is is this all I can come up with for Eddie Jackson? Because what what they've tried so far just has not gotten him going, and I'm sure Sean Desai is racking his brain over this, trying to figure out ways to do it, and it just hasn't really come together here for this Bears safety, a player we thought you know we thought that could be could get back to some of that Pro Bowl level under this defensive coordinator and, and trying to get back into this scheme and try and open things up in some way for him. But, you know, then you've got other guys missing from this from this defense, you know, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. So you can't just you can't just replace them by blitzing a little bit more or, or running more stunts, right? I mean, you just, those players are injured and that's going to hold you back to some extent. And I don't know that you can just you know un, undo that schematically. It's he's just too important and they're just too valuable. But you know, Travis Gibson has been playing well. He's been improving all season long and getting better and looking like a, almost like a starting caliber edge rusher, the, the way he's played some of these games. And, of course, Robert Quinn has been playing really, really well. And, you know, one way if you're looking for this Bears defense to get better in that pass rush department, they brought in Bruce Irvin. He's on the practice squad, presumably will be ready to be promoted to the active roster soon. Hopefully, I mean, right, they brought him in a couple weeks ago. We're sort of wondering when that might start to take place here. So there's a potential opportunity for this defense to get a little bit better. You wonder if Mario Edwards should be back from his rib injury soon. He hasn't gone on an injured reserve. We've seen him be a guy that can come in off the bench or in the starting lineup and be a high-motor spark, right? It can can provide some of that energy and, and make some plays and be a playmaker. That's why they gave him the big contract extension or the big contract that they did to have him come in and be a part of this defense. But then even, like, Last or two weeks ago against the Ravens, we saw Ladarius Mack get promoted from the practice squad, and, and he didn't play that much, but he did get in on a sack. And so, but then last week against the Lions, he's not on the roster again. So, you know, it's like I'd like to see the players when they're playing well get more playing time, like him and DeAndre Houston Carson. Ladarius Mack and DHC are not going to fix this defense, like I said, but it's just like 
little things to find little areas to get better. That that's that's kind of what I'm looking at for this defense because I don't think there's like wholesale changes you can make to fix where some of the problems are. But if you can get five percent better here and there, I think it, it can start to make a difference. Especially you'll need any any kind of difference maker you can get against the Cardinals and Packers. We will get more of an in-depth scouting report on the Bears' opponent on tomorrow's podcast. It'll be crossover Thursday. Bo and Alex from Locked on Cardinals going to join us to let us know what's going on with Cliff Kinsbury and, and Kyler Murray and what the Bears can expect in those matchups. So make sure you tune in again for that one tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked on Bears podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, especially if you're on the YouTube channel. Appreciate all the comments, everyone who watches the video, subscribes, likes, and contributes to that conversation as well. So uh, thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day. If you're looking for your second listen today, don't, don't forget to check out our podcast, Locked On Bets, here in the Locked On Podcast Network. That's our sports betting podcast. Lee Sterling has been hot this season, getting the, the advice out to you on where to bet at betonline.ag, and the payouts have certainly been there all season long they do a great job with that show and gets you a nice you know sport across sports where his locks are and his upset alerts and all that stuff so check out lockdown bets when you're done with lockdown bears come back tomorrow for crossover thursday all in one large effort to make it that much easier for you to bear down